The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Have some fun on a Wednesday. On a hump day, baby. The weekday, the week is officially more than half over. It's not even a hump. It's crossed over the hump day. Congratulations. It's all downhill from here. Now, what are we going to talk about? I'm really excited about tonight because we've got a couple different things. We're going to talk about the system and culture. And its influences on us, on you, on me, on our kids, on everywhere we go. We're going to talk about illegal immigrants. We're going to talk about, well, juveniles, crime, the FBI. Man, do we have a bunch of juicy stuff tonight. I will get to emails and some heavy ones and all that and so much more coming up. But first, I want you to imagine something. Just, just do me talking here. I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine there are no cars yet, no planes, no trains, no automobiles. You live your life as a traveling merchant. All right? It's the year 1200. All right? So it's a long time ago. 1200. And your life is that of a traveling merchant. And here's what that means. You, you live in a little home. Nice little home. And you have a wife or husband, depending on whoever you are. You have a wife or husband. You've got five children. They eat well. You you make a good living. But one thing that drives you crazy about your job as a traveling merchant is you have to leave 
your wife, your kids, who you love, and you have to travel, and because everything's by horseback and carriage, you travel long distances and it takes a long time. When you have to kiss your wife goodbye and say goodbye to your kids and they're, they're hugging your leg, Daddy, don't go. Please stay. We just said dinner. It breaks your heart every time because you have to leave them and you have to go out on the road to take goods from here to somewhere else and sell them there and then go back and that's how your family eats. All right? So you with me? That's your life. Your life is horses and carriages and roads and desolate countryside. And I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine every single time you say goodbye to your wife and kids. Don't worry, I'm going somewhere with this. Stay with me. I want you to imagine that every single time you say goodbye to your wife and your children, you do so with the knowledge that there is a very good chance you will never see them again. You're probably going to die. Why? Because this road that you have to travel, you have to gather all these valuable goods and load them onto your, load them onto your wagon and you have to go, but this road It's so dangerous. There are so many criminals, so many murderers who prowl the road. So many of your friends have already been murdered. You lost your father this way. Chances are you cry too when your kids cry because you know there's a chance daddy is never coming home. And there's, this is before the days of insurance. If you get back, if you don't come back home, they starve your wife has to start maybe doing some things you don't approve of in order to make sure the kids eat. Those are the stakes of you not coming back home. And then I want you to do this. You're you're picturing yourself. Don't worry, I'm going somewhere with this. Just hang with me. I want you to imagine that one day you woke up and you had to say goodbye to the wife and kids again and go on one of these journeys, but you knew you were going to be totally safe. You know that your kids were never going to be sent to an orphanage or starved to death. You knew that your wife was never going to be murdered or have to do things to debase herself to feed your family. That road, all of a sudden, boom, snap your fingers. Overnight, that road became safe and you were good to go. Now, let me ask you something. Now, let's bring this home for here. What would that be worth to you as a parent? What would it be worth to you to have this dangerous, horrible life and all of a sudden it becomes safe? And this is the reason I asked the question. I see this headline today. No one else will talk about it today. It was just one of the weird things jump out at me, okay? Really, really, really weird things jump out at me. I know I'm a weird person, but I saw this headline and it just, it made me shake my head. It's a headline from time, so take that for what it's worth, but this is what the headline is. Most parents... Don't like school culture wars, new polling shows. Huh. Most parents don't like the culture wars, the polling shows. Okay. All right. I want you to take that headline for a moment. And I want you to put that in your back pocket. Because we're going to go back to the year 1200 when you had that dangerous job and all of a sudden you didn't. I want you to understand what I described for you was how many, many, many people, countless people lived during the time before Genghis Khan. And then after Genghis Khan, you see that, you know, you know about the Silk Road. It was a lot more than just one road, by the way. But what was it? It was a land way to connect Asia with Europe and get all these goods and services traveling back and forth and wealth going fast. But it was totally wild, totally unsecure, a crime-ridden place. If you traveled to and fro on the Silk Road, you were taking your life in your hands. 
But then all of a sudden, some guy from the Mongolia, from Mongolia, from the Asian steppe comes along, and he murders about 30 or 40 million people with his army as he conquers all of Asia. Just does terrible things, chopping off heads, towers of skulls, you name it. He does it. Horrible. But at the back end of all that, if you had the approval of the Khans or the Mongolian Empire, shoot, you could travel the Silk Road without so much as a knife in your possession, and you're going to get right back home to see that wife and kids again and tuck your kids into bed because all of a sudden the Silk Road was safe and the bandits were all gone because Genghis Khan went out and found them all and cut all their heads off. So... When I read headlines, like most parents don't like the school culture wars, I'll tell you what it does for me. What it does for me is it reminds me of how uphill the battle is that we have coming and how painfully naive most Americans are to what it will actually take in order to live in a country You want to live in because you and I and our parents and their parents before them and their parents before them have always lived in a country that is pretty reflective of the kind of country we want to live in. We have convinced ourselves that this is simply the human condition that is common throughout history and that if if we want to live in this type of society, then we will live in this type of society, almost like a child. If I wish it, it will just happen. I want Santa to bring me a new bike, so it's going to happen because I'm on Santa's list. That's what you sound like to me if you're a parent who says things like, I just want these culture wars to be icky. Allow me to tell you something, and I'm going to try not to lose my temper here as I try to get this through, but allow me to tell you something. The most despicable demons in the history of mankind will govern your children. They will teach your children. They will educate your children. They will influence every part of your culture. And there's nothing, nothing you can do about it unless you fight them. Do you know that? Do you understand that there's no, I just want this to end. Do you understand that peace is a despicable dream to have unless you understand you will never have it unless these turbo freaks are defeated? Today, I wanted to introduce you to a new friend. This is a lady talking to four and five-year-olds. In our class. Well, this, Huckleberries, is my friend Nash. And the friend likes to ask the question, are you a boy or a girl? And Nash answers, I'm just a kid. But a kid, but kids can be boys or girls. They can be boys or girls. Yeah. Or maybe non-binary. Yeah. Non-binary, yeah. Yeah. That's just something that we know. (laughs) You want peace, I want war. That's the difference between us. I understand that I and my children and their children and their children after them and their children after them will only ever exist in the kind of country and culture I want them to exist in if I engage in war, a cultural war with these despicable demons. And if I see victory in the end, then I will get the kind of culture and country I want. I don't have any desire for peace. I want war. 
That is the difference. There is no culture war that we shouldn't engage in. I just want it all to stop. It stops when you win or it stops when you lose. Choose the direction. What do you want? Do you want to lose? Because I, I just, I don't want to have to talk about these icky things. Can they just learn algebra? Shut up and go back to the benches if that's how you think. That means they've already won. You are useless. Get back to the stands. Get in and fight and win. Engage. Wade into these demons as if they want to destroy your child because I promise you they do. You don't like the culture wars? Good. Neither do I. Go win them. Hang on. You're listening to the Oracle. You're gonna love this one. It's a scream, baby. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Going off a little bit tonight to open the Jesse Kelly Show. Oh, we'll get to the illegal immigrants and and every other part of this, but you're gonna have to give me some time here. I hear it all the time. I want peace. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like I don't like traveling the Silk Road and getting murdered. I want it to stop. I don't want I don't want these cultural things in school. I want them to stop. Okay. I want a I want a mega yacht to take my friends on a World War II tour. See that we both want something. Isn't that cool? Now, you're never going to get what you want. And I'm never going to get what I want unless I go make it happen. What does want mean? It means nothing. You think your wants mean something? Your wants mean nothing. What are you willing to fight for? That's what matters. I don't want this in my school. Okay, I'm sorry. Your society is full of demons now. Your society is full of demons now. They teach your children. They're on your school board. They make your movies. They're in your sports. They're most definitely in your government in your administrative state, demons run your society now. You can want all you want. It will do no good. It's no different than me stopping the show right now. And hold on, Chris, just if you wouldn't mind, pause the show. I just thought of something. I'm going to write a letter to Santa and tell him I want a new Xbox for Christmas this year. That's how much your wants are worth. That letter to Santa you're about to write. What are you willing to fight for? That's what actually matters. I don't want the cultural wars out of school because I understand full well a bunch of demon turbo freaks run the school system now. So now what I want, I want to fight them. That's what I want. I want to win. I don't have any desire for this peaceful country that cannot possibly exist without conflict. You will have conflict with these people. They do not want to tolerate you. They don't want to coexist with you, even with their weirdo bumper stickers. There's not going to be some neutrality. We're not just going to, oh, you do you and I'll do me. That is a pipe dream that doesn't exist. Your culture will either push your values and those values will then be reflected in the next generation and the next generation and the next generation or your culture will push the demon values and then those values will be reflected in the next generation and the next generation and the next generation and what will determine whose values are pushed is who wins. Headline. President of the Transgender Medical Organization says peer pressure can lead to kids transitioning. 
How many headlines have I read to you over the past year about the shocking number of children who are choosing to go in and undergo medical mutilation? Stunning. Exponentially, it grows every single year. Why? Because, I, oh, I don't like these culture wars. That's us. Them? Oh, no, I think I'll take over the medical institutions. And then I'll tell parents their child will commit suicide if you don't let me chop off your teenage girl's breasts. That's how they approach it. They approach it with the intention of doing combat in winning. If you and I meet in the street and you want to beat my face in, you hate my guts. I hate you, Jesse Kelly. If I ever see you, I'm going to beat you to death. That's what you want. Now, let me ask you something. We are meeting. Right? We're going to meet. We're going to run into each other outside of Red Lobster. Right? We're going to run into each other outside of Red Lobster. And I, I choose to, well, I don't, oh, I don't want that. That sounds icky. I just want peace. Who's going to win? Oh, I'm in serious trouble. Unless I pull out a hero gun, I'm in serious trouble. Now, if I want peace, I guess I can always pull out a hero arrow and blast you in the face with the double-barrel pepper gel blast, and then while you're laying there crying, oh, Jesse, it hurts, I'll laugh and say, oh, that sucks for you, and I'll get in my midlife crisis car, and I'll drive away, and you'll be laying there clawing at your eyes. You won't die, but you'll want to, and I'll call the cops, and you'll get arrested. Now, I could do that. By the way, Hero2020.com code Jesse gets you a special discount on the Hero Arrow. Get one for that baby girl you sent away from home, please, and the one you sent away from home, the son. Hero2020.com, code Jesse. But back to what we're talking about. We have this desire for peace as if the desire itself is an action that can bring it about. That is our problem. And I'm really not criticizing. I don't mean to criticize as harsh as I do sometimes. But sometimes I feel like we all need, myself included, we all need a slap in the face to wake us up that it's not 1980 anymore. It's not 1990 anymore. The country you have always known is gone. The one your grandparents knew is gone. And it will never, ever, ever return without a fight. Wanting it back, you know what it means? Nothing. Nothing. You might as well go stand on top of Mount Everest by yourself and ask for something. Ask for some kind of a wish where no one in the world can hear you. That's what your want for peace means. Either you want to fight these people and achieve that peace, or you do not. It's really that simple. You want? You want the culture wars to stop? They don't. They're enjoying them. They're enjoying every single minute of not just destroying the things you care about, rubbing it in your face. It's a big part of why they do what they do. They like to rub it in your face. They want to defeat you, and they want you to remember it. I've told you before about the Catholic priests and Russian Orthodox priests and the various priests and nuns who were raped and murdered by the communists throughout history. Well, here's what's so true and so wild about it. They didn't just go into the church and line the priest up and shoot him in the head. They crucified him on the altar and left him there. Or they tortured him for a while and then marched him and his nuns through town before they buried him alive. Why? Because you are not dealing with flesh and blood. You are dealing with evil, demonic forces who want to destroy the things you care about 
and make sure you know it and make sure everyone knows it. Now, do you think you're going to have peace with these people because you want it or because you fought for it? There is no peace, none, without war first. You fight this cultural war and win or your child will lose. All right, enough of that. Let's talk about, you know what? I have some more great examples of this in illegal immigration. Hang on. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here 
both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. What a great song. You know, you never hear from John Denver anymore. I'll quit, Chris. We can make jokes. It's fine. It's been long enough. Gosh, what's wrong with you? No, Chris Chris pulled that line from some 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 superhero movie, Avengers or something like that. A line that I pulled out before on the show. Some throwaway line in a superhero movie, and it's so incredibly true. Play it, Chris. If you believe in peace, then let us keep it. I think you're confusing peace with quiet. Man, is that the right? The demons will wade into your school. They'll, they'll get on Nickelodeon Jr. And you used to put your child in front of Nickelodeon Jr. And let your child watch old TV shows. Uh, the Andy Griffith Show. Because it's safe, right? You're going to have values. You can watch that with your child. And they'll uh, marry Tyler Moore. And the Rifleman. And all these, I'm naming all these shows I grew up with. Dukes of Hazard, The Lone Ranger. Of course, it's Nick Jr. All this stuff is kid-friendly. And now it's not anymore. Now, now you turn on Nick Jr. and, well, this is what your kid gets. There's many different layers to environmental racism. And if we allow, you know, these companies and corporate entities to come in and extract and take these minerals and resources, it's going to really end the survival of humanity. And you want that to stop. I want that to stop. Stop that. Why can't I just let him watch? I don't, I want that to stop. Okay. They're not going to stop. What are you going to do to make them stop? What are we going to do? All of us, not talking about you personally. What are we going to do to make it stop? Because they're not going to stop. You want quiet. You just want that crap to stop. But that's not peace, is it? Don't mistake the two. Look, we talk about things on the right all the time, these cultural issues. One of the biggest ones has been abortion my whole life. Abortion, abortion this, abortion that, abortion this. And finally, Trump gets elected, uh, puts some really good judges on the Supreme Court. He will eternally have my gratitude for this. And boom, Roe versus Wade is overturned. And I saw almost immediately, I was dumbfounded. I'm still dumbfounded because I still see it. Almost immediately... I saw pundits and politicians on the right lamenting the overturning of Roe versus Wade because it motivated the other side. It made the other side so mad. Jesse, this cost us some seats in the midterms. We don't even know what winning is. When we even get a small taste of it, we reject it because it creates too much noise. <gasps> We overturn Roe versus Wade and it cost us 10 seats at the midterms? Oh, gosh, no. Put Roe versus Wade back. Screw those kids. We need, we need another seat in Delaware, guys. That's the right. You, not only do we not want to win, when we get a win, we reject it. Oh, gosh, I, I feel icky. That's who we've become. We have a lot of work to do to change 
our mentality. We're always talking about the communist and what the communist is doing and how he's doing it and why he's doing the thing he's doing. But remember, the ultimate challenge is now and always was changing our mentality. Not to put too fine a point on it, speaking of the pro-life issue, do you not like it that women choose to kill their babies? I don't like it. I hate it. You know that. Talk about it all the time. Okay. What are you doing about it? Anything? Are you working with your church about it? Are you working with a pro-life pregnancy center in your area about it? If you don't have one, are you donating? I, I talk to you all the time about preborn. You, you Look, you want the easiest one? Maybe you're not in Baltimore. But I want you to go look. I want you to go look up preborn as a charity rating and look where the money goes that they take in. I, want you to, I don't even want you to take my word for it. Look it up. That abortion center... Manhattan, preborn setting up a pro-life center across the street, giving women free ultrasounds to save their baby. You can fund that. I don't even live in Manhattan. Fine. But you can fund it. Go to preborn.com slash Jesse. $28 buys that young lady a free ultrasound. When she hears that heartbeat, she'll pick life. Preborn.com slash Jesse. But beyond preborn. And by the way... You can also dial pound 250 from your phone and say baby. All right? Sponsored by Preborn. Beyond that, what are you doing about the issues you care about? About, look, I brought up the teachers earlier. You're mad about the teachers. You're mad about the education system. Are you running for school board in your area? Or are you supporting somebody who is? Are you running for city council, county board of supervisors, DA, sheriff's department? Until we turn our desire for peace into action that brings it about, we will never see it. We want, look, we all want to be skinny, right? I, I want to be skinny. I, no, I'm not going to stop eating donuts. Well, no, I'm not going to go for a walk. You want me to take the stairs today? No, no, no. I want to be skinny. No, you don't. No, you don't. You want skinny to be given to you. You don't want it. You want it to be given to you. Well, I've got news for you culturally. They're never going to give it to us at all. These are the most shameless, despicable people on the planet. I believe that when I took the trip to El Paso, you could see firsthand the impact of how it not only uh, harmed the foundation of El Paso, but look at Chicago, Houston, Washington, New York City, this is just unfair for cities to uh, carry the weight of a national problem. We're going to open four more. Unfair for the cities to carry the weight of a national problem? These people, Eric Adams and people like him, have intentionally flooded this country with illegal immigrants for decades. Not accidentally, not whoopsie, oh, some illegals got in. They've been intentionally opening the border for decades, decades. And now that New York has to take care of 5,000 of them, Eric Adams thinks it's unfair to the cities. You are dealing with the most despicable people on the planet. They care nothing for you. They care nothing at all for your values at all. In fact, they hate you. And they kind of tell you, speaking of Eric Adams, they kind of tell you repeatedly that they hate you and that they don't really intend to help you at all. 
If you're paying attention, you'll hear There's them. a sense of a feeling the police aren't doing enough. They're fed up with NYC crime. Shop owners are hiring private guards to fight back. Is that a wise strategy? What more can be done here? No, it is a, a wise strategy because I say this over and over again. Not only must the numbers reflect safety, but people must feel safe. Hey, uh, the, the New York City is really dangerous. There's violent crime everywhere. People are dying. Uh, it's gotten so bad that people are having to hire their own security. What do you think about it, Mr. Mayor? Yeah, good. They should. Everyone should feel safe. They're getting to the point now where they're comfortable enough. These people, that's why they put out so many public videos, by the way. They feel comfortable enough broadcasting to you, starting to broadcast to you their intention to spit in your face. They do this routinely. They do it over and over and over and over again. You hear what Joe Biden said today? Today, I'm announcing that the United States will be sending 31 Abram tanks to Ukraine, the equivalent of one Ukrainian battalion. Secretary Austin has recommended this step because it will enhance the Ukraine's capacity to defend its territory and achieve its strategic objectives. Secretary Austin? Who's this guy? Biden elaborated. Deter and defend against Russian aggression over the long term. The Secretary of State and the Secretary of, of, the, uh, of uh, uh, the military. I mean. <laughs> Secretary of the military, Austin. Okay. I don't care how you feel about Russia, Ukraine. It really does not matter to me. I don't care if you're wrapped in a Vladimir Putin flag or you're sitting there sh- uh, praying at a shrine of Zelensky right now. It Ma- matters not to me at all. Do you know the percentage of Americans who woke up today and they wanted to send 31 Abrams tanks over to Ukraine. Do you know what that percentage was? About five. About 5% of people want to do that. And yet they do it, and they go on television, and they rub it in your face. They brag to you about what they want to do, about what they're doing, about them violating your wishes. Why? Because they intend to win, and they think they've already won. Whatever else you take from all this, and I'm going to move on here, whatever else you take from all this, You better take it this way. You are never, ever, ever going to see peace in this country because you desire it. That ain't going to bring it about. Go win it. Go earn it. Go fight for it. Or it ain't ever coming. All right? All right. I have a great view of the system. You ready for this? Hang on. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Wednesday, on a hump day, reminding you you can email me your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. All are welcome to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I have a great example of the system, but I got a couple things I have to play first, only because they make me laugh. We're going to do a couple emails and... So Joe Scarborough is some loser on MSNBC. Man, he was bragging about the fact he got his 19th booster shot and people were blasting him about it. What are you, a nut? And this is, like, I actually applaud people like this because like I, like I was pointing out about Eric Adams, Joe Biden, they're now in a place where they really feel pretty comfortable letting you know exactly what they think about you. You know, yesterday when I was talking about uh, uh, getting COVID and, I, and, and should have gotten a fourth booster shot, a lot of these freaks go, oh, fourth booster shot, robot. No, listen, here's the deal, moron. If you get a flu shot, 
What do you do? Do you go to the doctor? Oh, my God, you want me to have a 50th flu shot? No. You get a flu shot every year. Right. And as we're finding out with this pandemic, well, it lasts six months, maybe a year. So, yes, yes, put on your big boy pants, put on your big girl pants. And if you want to be healthy, I don't care if you don't. That's your business. Smoke cigarettes, do whatever you want to do. Stay up all night. Don't sleep. That's fine. Be unhealthy. Your choice. My concern here, though, and let me bring in Reverend Sharpen because we've talked about this. My con- I love the rant, and then he goes to Al Sharpen. Concern, Rev, is that there's a disinformation out there where people are saying, oh, well, the, it doesn't work because you, you've got to keep getting booster shots. The thing is, you're always trying to build up your immunity, and people are still dying. Nothing builds up your immunity like a shot, that's for sure. From COVID, is it a crisis right now? Well, for the people who are... Okay, you, you, you got it. You got it. He's the dumbest person on the planet. He gets mocked for his stupidity. But he understands as being part of the system, part of the in crowd, that I mean, he can just mock you for your stupidity and he'll always feel superior to you. Dear Grand Poobah of the militant right, back when Obama first came on the scene, my wife heard an interview of him where he admitted to being a socialist. Her hair stood on end. She had a premonition. Well, her hair is standing up again with Gavin Newsom. We think his hair is puffy on top to hide the horns. He says his name is Dave. Uh, look, I brought it up last night. You're going to hear me bring it up a lot. Not that I think we can actually do something about this beyond trying to make sure he doesn't get elected. Gavin Newsom, I am very worried that Gavin Newsom is going to be more of a household name a few years from now and not in any kind of a good way. Gavin Newsom. Jesse, some days when my packed lunch doesn't quite fill me up at work, I like to go over to the food trucks they bring around here to supplement my midday meal. <laughs> Must have, uh, most have gone away from using cash, but until today there was one loan holdout, so I always went to that one because I can use some of my weekly allowance huh, without my wife knowing about it. Good grief, buddy. You get an allowance from the wife. That's embarrassing. Anyway, but today I lost my last bastion of subterfuge. Now, if I need a little extra something without tipping off the old lady, I'll have to convince one of my coworkers to let me pay them cash for them to go buy me something at the trucks. Is is this what it's going to be like with the digital dollar? Will I have to pay, have other people buy my ammo and Jim Beam if I go over my monthly ration? Yes. Remember this. Always remember this. And this is really important because we are about to get into this. I have four different headlines that are all going to kind of tie together as a great example of the system. But we always have to understand It wasn't always this way, by the grace of God. But where we are now as a world, this applies to more than just America, but as America in a world where we are now is this. Our leaders, all of them really, the corporate leaders, the political leaders, the administrative state leaders, the entertainment leaders, the sports leaders, the education leaders, all of our leaders, they all believe they have to tackle a problem. There's a big problem and they've got to tackle it. But the problem with their problem is they think the problem is you. That's the problem. It's you. They they say it to you basically all the time. What is the problem we face right now? Well, my goodness, it's, it's all this carbon. It's that air you're breathing out. 
What's your problem, New York? Well, these gas stoves. The problem is you and your gas stove. You're the problem. This gas stove. So, look, you won't do the right thing and stop it, so we're going to cut you up. You're the problem. What's the problem? Well, it's you and your car. No, you, you can't drive that anywhere. No, no, you're, you're the problem. Well, what's the problem? You heard about, you look, you just heard Scarborough say, what was the problem? People making fun of him. What's the problem? Well, the problem is you and your misinformation. There'd be nobody making fun of Scarborough if you were just shut up. But since you won't shut up, someone should make you shut up because you're the problem. Your freedom, your speech, your guns, your stove, your breath, you're the problem. Where you spend your money, spending it wherever you want. We can't have that. Look, we, I've told you, look, peasant, I've told you time and again that meat is bad for the environment. I've not only told it to you, I've incentivized in every possible way the, these crappy fake meat companies to pop up over and over and over. I've even got the fast food chains putting out Beyond Burgers and all kinds of gross stuff. But you, peasant, and your freaking freedoms still out there buying meat. So guess what? I'm going to have to find out. How to stop you from doing that? What's the best way for me to do that? Well, your earning power. What I will do is I will take over your earning power and the money you have, the value you take in from your labor, I will confiscate it, basically. Now they'll call it oversight. No, 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 no. We're just watching. We're just watching. But I will take it over. You see, and then... Then the problem gets solved, doesn't it? Once they take over the dollar, the problem gets solved because you, the peasant, you weren't doing what I said before. You were too busy being free. Well, peasant, now you're not anymore. Now I control what you buy. I control the services you get. They think the problem is you and your freedoms, and that's the problem. I got a great example of this. Again, four different headlines. You want to see an example of the system? Great example. Hang on. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.